Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Price Fighter Podcast with me, Steve Butts. And I'm going to be looking forward to the 17th, yes, the 17th event of the series. The Super Middleweights, it's at Liverpool Olympia on March 23rd. I love that venue, I really do. Robin Reed, yes, Robin Reed tops the bill in his hometown that night. And we caught up with him at the uh, light heavyweight night in London in January. And I'll be reviewing that as we hear from Robin a bit later on. And Matchroom Sports' Eddie Hearn's going to pop in and talk to me about prize fighters, old prize fighters, prize fighters new, a bit about McCloskey, a little bit about Amir Khan, and I'll see if I can't tie him down on that old favourite. Yes, Audley Harrison. You're listening to Steve Bunce on the Prize Fighter podcast. Robin Reed in the super middleweights then. Robin was ringside in London and he will be in the lineup when Price Fighter moves to his home city of Liverpool on March 23rd at the Olympia, just on the outskirts of the, of the town. We caught up with Robin as the action unfolded at Olympia, started by asking him, well, about Price Fighter. I'm enjoying it, yeah, I'm enjoying it, what I've seen so far. Very unpredictable, isn't it? Like, you know what I mean? It's like Edwards and Dodson. Dodson was coming into the fight with a bad, bad cut eyes, you know what I mean? Uh, it reopened up and I think he actually has sustained another cut. I feel for him a little bit, like, you know, in a way, because I thought at the end of the day, it's like, you know, he, he, he either steam in and try and stop the lad, and he did, you know, we dropped him. But Edwards is that unpredictable, you know, he came back at the end of the uh, at the first round when he got dropped, um, you know, and then Dodson, like I say, you know, we've done a number of cuts with a good push, but I don't think Edwards was, you know, I don't think he should have been stopped, because, like I say, very unpredictable anyway, wasn't he? Against Smythe, he got dropped, got up, you know, and won the fight in the second round. So I think the referee should have maybe let it go, carry on a little bit. And as we've just heard, uh, Dodson's not been allowed to uh, to carry on into the final because of the cuts he sustained. The cuts he sustained like, were too bad and too severe, and they're not allowing him allow him to fight in the final. Uh, they're bringing in a replacement. I'm not too sure who the replacement is at the minute. But I mean, the thing is, uh, I've got, you know, yeah, goes out to Tony Dodson. He's the one who's done all the hard work. <laughs> and he's just had to hand it over to, you know, to, to reserve. I mean, uh, I'm not too sure who is at the minute, but like I say, yeah, Dixon. You know, uh, you got to look at it. You got a fresh guy coming in. You know, it's his first fight, but is he going to be cold? Do you know what I mean? Dixon's had, you know, he was warming up. You know, we had a fair, his first fight. You know, it started off a little bit slow, but he warmed up. Second fight, he upped the tempo. Um, so I'm looking for Dixon could clean up here. Well, then obviously you're in the next one um, up in Liverpool, yeah. home home crowd. What, what have you sort of seen tonight that you're going to take into it? Uh, yeah, I mean the way I'm looking at it is like I've got bags of experience. You know what I mean? I mean not, I'm used to doing 12 rounds and all that, but you know I'll be fit enough to be doing the three threes. Um, I mean I I pack a punch at the end of the day, and I can't, I'm not one of these who's going to predict and say I'm going to knock knock everybody out. But that's what you know what I mean. I'm not. I mean it's my uh, you know I'll tell you all day. I'm but I mean. Um, I'm knocking on a little bit, do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I've kept myself in good shape. Uh, I like to, you know what I mean, I've kept myself, even when I retired, you know, four years ago, kept myself in good shape. I'm up for this big time, and I like to keep selling everyone a minute to win it at the end of the day. I said, wouldn't it be nice to, like, get rid of three of them out in, like, <laughs> because they're, they're, they'll be the most money I've ever made in, you know, in three minutes. But at the end of the day, you know, you can't, I know I pack a punch at the end of the day. And I know once I catch somebody, they're going to go, you know, and, like, from what I've been seeing, the sooner you get them out of there, the better, you know, you get more time. You know, to recover, you know, obviously touch wood, don't want no cuts or anything like that. But the more time you've got to recover, 
you know, the better performance you're going to put into your next fight. What do you think people are going to be saying you're doing this for? Are you doing it for the money? Are no, you doing it I mean, to get back into the mix or what? what's going I mean, into it? It's actually a long story how we came about me getting into it. I mean, how we came about was there was something printed in the press saying I was doing actually the light heavyweights, you know, at the end of January. I didn't see this because I wouldn't read the papers. Phones go in the next day. I oh, believe you're making a comeback, blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm, nah, not that I know of, like, do you know what I mean? He said, Paddy in the sun, uh, you're fighting at the light heavyweights at the end of January. I said, and then uh, Eddie Earns rung me. He said, like, you know, sorry about the story and that. It never come from us, but <laughs> it would be a pleasure to have you in it if you wanted to. And I said, nah, I couldn't, you know, I would never be fit enough. I said, plus some super middleweight. He said, what about the super middles end of March? Give me a week to think about it. I had to thought, well, two days it took. <laughs> Those are bad. I thought, you know what, why not? It's, you know, I'm not saying it's easy. You know what I mean? It's not, you know what I mean? But it's not world title, you know, it's not a world title as such, you know what I mean? Or it's not fighting your Carl Frotch, it's not fighting your, you know, um, your Joe Kawasaki's, your Jeff Lacey's. The lads are decent, don't get me wrong, do you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I'm in it to win it. If I didn't, you know, I'm not going in it to, the money's all right, but it's not. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm quite comfortable at the moment. It's not about the money, do you know what I mean? I just fancy it from the boxing I've been seeing them boxing at the minute, you know, in general, I think it's like, I'm not saying I'm a big superstar, or I'm going to be a big superstar, you know, my, you know, I, I did, well, you know, three times world champion, and at the end of the day, I mean, I think boxing in general, you've got David Day, you've got Amir Khan, apart from that, you know what I mean, he's struggling a little bit, do you know what I mean, so, you know, you've got uh, De Gale as super middleweight, you know, that'd be a nice fight down the line, don't want to like, jump the gun too much, but, do you know what I mean, you know, uh, so, like I say, it's not for the money, I, I do miss it a bit, and, it's just a nice opportunity to, uh, you know, get back in there. Robin Reed talking to us there at the last prize fighter, which was the light heavyweight two, which was number 16 in the series. He, of course, will be, I would like to say, the main attraction at prize fighter 17, super middleweights. I think it's super middleweights two, if I'm not mistaken, which takes place on March 23rd at the historic, and if, if grimy, grimy but lovable, Liverpool Olympian. He'll be joined on the night by Carl Dilk's local lad and Tony Quigley, the former British super middleweight champion, also from Liverpool. And there'll be Tobias Webb, who I think is related to Enzo Macronelli. He's unbeaten in five. A guy called Jermaine Smile, Wayne Reed, and Ty Mitchell. And uh, we're waiting for the eighth fight. So we've got three or four three or four at the moment and we'll shortly be announcing who's going to be the eighth man in the ring completing the eight prize fighters in the 17th edition so lots and lots of questions has Robin Reed got anything left after a couple of years out because if you look back on his record okay if one or two if one judge had given him one round extra and another judge had given him one round extra or two rounds extra, he would have beaten Joe Kawasaki and he would have beaten Sven Otke, two guys who retired un- unbeaten or are un- constantly referred to as legends. Just think about that. Go and do the sums. I'm telling you, if Robin Reed gets a round or two more in either of those two fights, he leaves the ring as the world champion. There's a lot of people I know think he beat Kawasaki and I thought he beat Sven Otke. It was a fight I covered on the BBC. I thought he clearly beat Sven Otke. And then Tony Quigley. I think he's going to be strong at light heavyweight. Does a lot of mixed martial arts, Tony. Carl Dilk's got something to prove. Wants to erase that defeat to James DeGale. He never got going that night. He had the anger, but perhaps the anger came out wrong. So Carl Dilks against Robin Reed or Tony Quigley against Robin Reed's entertainer. And of course, we've got that classic mix for prize fighter, a mix of experience and a mix of youth. 
and you've got that prize fighter cup and the money one night two and a half hours strap yourself in and enjoy it matchroom sports eddie hearn joins me now no doubt to talk about the last prize fighter the next prize fighter and no doubt also a bit of amir khan and paul mccloskey and possibly some rule changes let's take it from the top ed let's talk about the last prize fighter you yeah. go first and then I'll join in. Yeah, you know, we're so close to the action all the time and, and probably no one's more critical of our shows or our events than than myself and our team. And uh, we sort of left the limp here a little bit sort of dumbfounded, really. Didn't know what to think. <laughs> dumbfounded is the right word. Yeah, it was like, you know... I, I didn't. It, it wasn't in the same league as the super featherweight. But some one. of the fights were fantastic. Some of the fights were fantastic. You lose a little bit when you go to Olympia versus York, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, some of the fights were great. There was a lot of drama. The outsiders, a lot of people that went to the show that I know who don't really follow boxing, said, "Oh, it was unbelievable." Hmm. You know the way the reserves came in, and and then you go on the forums and it's soul destroying. You know, but that's okay because I think you need to read them because there are a lot of people on there that that do know what they're talking about and they're they're the real fans of boxing. Hmm. Um, and, and they're destroying it. So, you know, it's, it's hard to take, but obviously we strive to improve. We want to make sure that it's the best possible names in the event and to make the most exciting night of boxing. But most importantly, we need to make sure that the winners of each event get go on to, to get these big shots because that's what it's all about. Which, of course, has been happening. Sure. But just to stick with that night... Um, it was a very stop-start night. Mm. Um, it just seemed to take an awful long time, which is not a criticism, mm. that's a fact. Mm. It seemed to take sort of 15 minutes more than normal. And it just shows that it needs to be compacted, doesn't it? Mm. It needs to be fast. It needs to be tight. And I know that the substitutes came in and people moan and scream about that. And perhaps we'll talk about that in a second. But I've got to keep banging on about it. When there were good fights, there were fantastic fights on that night. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, the Joe Smythe men Edwards fight was one of the best fights I've seen in prize fights. Absolutely, that's a top Co- three prize fighter. Couldn't believe the turnaround in that fight from, from the first round. You know, Dodson put in some great performance. A big shame that Dodson never got a chance yeah, to make the final. It would totally. have been a great final, final against Travis Dickinson. The uh, the Slate-Morris fight, the opening, was really disappointing yeah. for me. I was... Ex- you know, that fight came out first out of the hat and we expected that to be two guys with absolutely nothing to lose. Mm. But it turned into two guys with everything to lose. Protected in, everything. Yeah, and there's really not, nothing fight. to protect, really. No, and, and that's not really what... That's you know, not prize fighter. And, and I felt that, that uh, Billy Slate won the fight, and his team come to me after and said, oh, what, you know, what do you think? And I said, well, you know what? I think you won the fight, but you never went out there yeah. and won the fight. Yeah. You lost it. You won it. You saw, you lost it without sweating. He won it without yeah. sweating. Neither of you have got a leg to yeah. stand on. You should have just done a little bit more. Ed, let's talk about the reserves. We had to use two, and including First one time. in the final. First time... Mm. We've used two. There's been a lot of sort of, you know, to and fro and people talking about it. Just where do we stand? Might we see a change? I think so. I wrote to Robert Smith last week and my, my sort of ethos and line of thinking is that if a fighter is okay to continue yet loses, he should progress to the next round if his, if his opponent that he lost to can't. Yep. A lot, some people say, well, if you lose, you shouldn't progress. Well, in the ABAs, if you lose and your opponent can't, can't progress, you can progress. If you're fit if you're and well fit, yeah. yep. And I think that sometimes, obviously, there was a lot of people that night who sold a lot of tickets. Yes. So all of a sudden, a reserve comes in who sold no tickets. Mm. I mean, it's great for the reserves. You know, for toss, of, toss of a coin, eight, Absolutely. 16 grand. I couldn't be happy for them, you know. But someone like Billy Slate, who had sold over 200 tickets, yeah. if then he, he's reinstated into the tournament, not necessarily deserved to be, but if he is reinstated into the tournament, it picks it up again, the crowd oh, yeah. are buzzing, and it's like a second chance for him. Um, 
you know, most of the time, actually, the people that lose do get stopped or do get injured. So it would mean that the reserves would still be in place. But now what we're going to try and introduce to Prizefighter is that if a fighter loses and the winner cannot continue, if that fighter is cleared by the medic, by the board and the doctors, he then progresses Come in the next round. If he's That's not, good. then we bring in the reserve. So there'll be, there'll be a new rule change for the next prize fight. And a rule change that you can change, nothing to do with the border control. Would the money stay the same? Like, if a reserve, like when a reserve comes in yeah. the final, he still picks up yeah, the Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, that's something we've got to look at as well. That's juicy, and, that. And, and, you know, the, the kid uh, who came in, Sam Cousins, who came yeah. into the final one, 16 grand. Oh, you know, no. he probably gets two grand every time he fights, you know. Mm. But to be fair to him, he, he gave it a great, great... And at one stage, I thought he might beat Travis Dickinson. He fancied it for a you round. Know, and uh, it was exciting, but, but, you know, we have to really understand what's fair and what's not. We have to try and mix in the drama, understand mm. that it's not about just giving people a fair crack of the whip. Yeah. It's about providing entertainment on TV, which is sometimes a toss of a coin and a reserve going into the deep end. Travis Dickinson had to fight fresh opponents in the semi-final and the final, so he totally deserved his victory. In, in that sense. Ed, let's move on. Let's move on. Oh, no, let's, let, let's not move on just yet. Let's talk about the next prize fighter. Mm. Mm. We're on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, we're, in, we're at the Olympia. In Liverpool, which is one of my favourite venues, and not a lot of people. I've not, I've not been. It's. I've not it, been. Used, do you know what it used to be? It was for an about, elephant pit. It used to be an elephant pit because they used to have an indoor circus there. Like I mean, a, in, obviously circuses are indoors. This was in a building, a circus in a building, and you can see where the elephant used yeah, to go I've around and the camel. It's all genuine, and it's a bear pit. Mm. It, it, if atmosphere gets up in this place, it makes York Hall look like a tea party. Mm. It can be electric, and you've loaded it. What so far with three of the eight boxes, three of the seven on the final list from Liverpool. Mm. And basically, you know, that was the, the main reason when we looked at the venue is Robin Reed had been touted for the light heavyweight <laughs> prize fighter. We were told he was in. And I phoned up John from, from our boxing division and said, John, you haven't even told me this. You know, we've got an ex-world. He said, there's no, I know nothing about it. <laughs> so I phoned Robin Reed and he said, no, there's no truth in it at all. I've got no intention of fighting again. So I said, he said, I've had so many calls from people saying, are you in, are you in? He said, so if you ever do a super middleweight, I'm in. let me know. Like, just just jesting around me. I said, well, listen, if you're interested, I'll do a super middleweight in Liverpool because we do enough in London and it's nice yeah. to take it out now and again. And he sort of thought about it and I went up to Manchester and met him and he looks so well. Yeah. You know, just, looks I mean, fantastic. You saw him at Olympia. Yeah. He's like a pound yeah. overweight yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And uh, he said he's too heavy for the light, to the light heavies. I thought, well, you boxed at super middleweight for your whole career. How can you be too heavy having retired for three years? You haven't put on any weight. <laughs> so he said, uh, you know, I'm in. So he's in, Dilks and Quigley, and a couple of other young guns signed up now. A couple of other, uh, Tobias Webb, the, yeah. who's Enzo Macronelli's uh, right. nephew. He's unbeaten in five. Tony Quigley, former British champion, Carl Dilks who lost the split decision. He, he won it by a mile for the Coldwell yeah. title, then lost recently to uh, to, to James DeGaulle. But what you've got here, Ed, is you've got you've got City Pride. Mm. Now, I know we've had a bit of City Pride in the past, but mm. I can't remember when we've had three local guys in in a local event. Mm. That's that's the, really the key to taking it to, to Liverpool for this mm. for this show. You know, we're expecting a great atmosphere. A lot of people coming out, probably a lot of curious people, really. I'm yeah. so curious to see what Robin Reed's going to do. What Robin's got left? I mean, he's fighting a four-rounder on the Hatton Show on the 26th of Feb, as recommended by the board, just just to keep him ticking over. That's good. Fingers crossed he gets through that okay. He's fighting Jamie Ambler, you know, and, and I think that he's he's up for it. And he, he just he just really fancies the job, you know. And um, Dilk's there, sort of, and Quigley looking for a little bit of redemption and, and trying to resurface their, themselves within the division. 
Dodson even wanted to fight in it if he could do it away, you know. But it's it's a great occasion for Liverpool. I think bringing the the event to Liverpool is important because mm. because the Scousers love a night of boxing. They're yeah. very knowledgeable boxing fans, and I think they'll really enjoy Prize Fighter because it's a it's just not just a, a great boxing night. It's a great night out, yeah. which everybody loves, and especially those boys. And you know? of course, with the Olympia, if you're thinking of making your way up there, it's on the edge of town. It's three or four quid to mm. the middle of Liverpool, which is one of the finest, one of the greatest cities in Europe for a night out. Mm. Even as I pointed out to people earlier on, it's a Wednesday. It makes no difference. Mm. Every night's a Saturday night in Liverpool. Um, so assuming Reed comes through unscathed, unmarked from his little outing on the on the uh, Hatton Show on the twenty, on the tw- on the twenty sixth, would you expect him to start as favourite? No, not at all. Really, I, I think his style, and I've spoke to him about this in the past. Is his style is not really suited to prize fighter. No. He's a little bit of a slow starter. Sort of comes forward, methodical is not really something you should call a world champion. But he but wears people down. He does, he yeah. does. And he's very aware that his style is not particularly suited to this format. So, and he's probably not fit enough to go in there and have, you know, fight 10, 12 rounders. So actually, he's got to make this style work for him. So, with that in mind, he's going to probably go out there. You know, he's talking at the last Light Heavies uh, event, saying about how he wants to go out there and he wants to get people out of there early. Because he doesn't want three round wars. He doesn't want three three round wars. He wants to go in there, knock them out, and be fresh for the semi finals and the finals. Well, you know, he can bang. People tend to forget that. I mean, he stopped twenty seven of his thirty nine mm. wins, and he and you know most most of those were at the start of his career. You know, people weren't stretching him even mm. in most world title fights. Let's uh, let's leave Price Fighter, if we can, because that's going to be. I'm sure we'll revisit that. And let's look at um, April sixteenth, Manchester MEN Arena, Amir Khan, WBA super. Like so, yeah, world to weight champion, no <laughs> longer just, just no longer super, super. So that means now someone else can fight for the world title, which has already been they've got yeah. two guys lined yeah. up against unbeaten Paul Mc, uh, Paul McCloskey. Okay, now European champion, unbeaten. There was talk about this for about two months, two in and throwing. Finally, the deal was done. But is it is everything rosy? Is everything happy? Are we, are we, all, are we all reading from the same hymn sheet, Ed? Yeah, as far as the deal goes, um, we were never happy with, with the original offer from the Khans. Um, it, it just wasn't right. The numbers weren't right. You know, we've been involved in boxing for 25, 30 years, so it's very simple to know what a show <laughs> generates in terms of... What's revenue. right and what's wrong. Yeah, and this wasn't right. So we went away and we, we told Paul it's very difficult when you're talking to someone who wants to win or fight for a world title so and fight for nothing that this, yeah. this, this is not right for you you're not doing yourself justice if yeah. you take these terms and we went back to, to the Khans and we, we spoke and we took we received the revised offer still not happy with it told Paul we're not happy with it and then um, a couple of Saturdays ago he just phoned up and he said look I know this is not right but I'm going to take the fight because I'm not sure how many opportunities I'm going to get like this. I believe I can beat Amir Khan. Um, I'm probably at the peak of my career, and I'm going to take this fight. And we turned around and we said, listen, all we can do is advise you to what we believe is right and wrong. Uh, if you want to fight, take this fight, we're behind you 100%. Um, and, and, you know, we, we got it all signed. So from there, we've had some issues regarding tickets and so forth. And Because um, there will be a huge... Uh, Northern Irish and, and, and Irish Republic presence in the in Yeah, in the I, I think I think there'll be around four thousand Irish come over to watch wow. the fight, which is a huge That's amount. some going, isn't it? It is. It's, and that, but that's what's great about the Irish. Yeah, you know, all of a sudden they're talking about getting on the ferry, putting coaches on, it's the day out, it's the weekend, it's the experience, and that's great. 
As far as Amir Khan fans are concerned, how many fans does Amir Khan have? A lot mm. of people are going to go to the show because it's a world title fight. The last Dress fight up. with Amir Khan yeah, was yeah, very, very yeah. entertaining. But valid. how many Amir Khan fans? How are many diehard fans? Exactly. Are and and mm. when you compare him to someone like Ricky Hatton, not in the same league. No, no, no. You absolutely. know, people go out to um, uh, Vegas to watch Ricky, Ricky Hatton. I mean, over ten thousand for the mm. Mayweather fight, mm. all paying for an arm and a leg for flights and hotels. They're proper loyal supporters. When there were no tickets available, yeah. they're like exactly. four hundred tickets. Go. Still me, yeah. Now Amir Khan. Before the Maidana fight, you would have thought that he was more than beatable, but that fight has really elevated him yeah, to a position a where point. he's a big favourite to beat McCloskey. Mm. Um, but we still have to remember and take heart from the fact that he has been beaten, he has been brutally knocked out. Mm. Um, so that that's the, the flaws which we've got to be looking to exploit. Of course, he's an underdog. He can't sit here and say anything different, but he's undefeated. Mm. So and when you've got an undefeated fighter who's never tasted defeat, they're harder to beat than the ones that have. And also with McCloskey, I mean, or Doody, as he's known, I mean, people are forgetting how awkward he is, mm. okay, how fit he is, and, and how he does, he forces himself on you, and he hurts you. Because mm. mm. okay, he doesn't knock people out with one single shot in the first round. He's not that type of guy. But he's hurtful, mm. and he's dangerous, and he's awkward. I mean, I've got to be honest with you, if I'm part of the Amir Khan team, I'm making excuses for not fighting McCloskey. I'm yeah. saying he's not a big enough name because mm. I don't want to fight an awkward southpaw yeah. I think who's the, strong. The difference between... I think it'll be a fight similar to Maidana in many aspects in that it'll be brutal and I think yeah. McCloskey will, is prepared to take a lot of punishment. He knows he's got to. And really. like you say, he's not a, a devastating knockout puncher but no. he wears you down and he yeah. can punch. So, it uh, so it'll be that, that kind of fight. What's different about this fight to the Maidana fight is... McCloskey's not going to stand there and soak up punishment like Madonna did. Yeah, of course. You know, he's going to be very, very difficult to hit. And and that's the difference between this and the Madonna fight. Mm. So Khan's got to go out there and got to try and find him. And he does throw punches from all kinds of different angles, McCloskey. And what, what about Paul at the start? Will he be able to keep his head? Because, I mean, Mir's been coming out in front of mm. 10,000, 15,000, 12,000 for a long time. McCloskey, I know he sells out that venue in his hometown, mm. a couple of thousand, 3,000. Will he be able to keep his head when he gets in that ring and he's got to wait five minutes yeah, for Mir? Yeah, that's Khan. always the problem. And I think that's... The genuine uh, problem. We, we go back to the the Harrison Hay fight, and you know we every, uh, oddly prepared so well for that fight. There wasn't anyone in the team who didn't fancy the job, but when he got out there on the night, something happened. Something happened, and this is and that, that's all. That's always the problem of when you go into arena and there's fifteen, twenty thousand people in there, and you look into the ring and you look around the arena and you think, Christ, Whew, this, this is me is, now. This is big, you yeah. know. Uh, but that's that's when you find out what a fighter's made of. Yeah. So if he's got it and he, he is a great champion, yeah. then he won't be phased by that. You're going to be nervous. If you're not, you should, you're in the wrong oh, place. Oh, you need, you need the nerves. But, yeah. but I think that he can go out there, and I think with the three or 4,000 Irish fans, that will help him really set And they'll out-sing 50,000. Uh, and my concerns are that, you know, the first round, Khan comes out firing, you know, and, and yeah, Paul's got to really be on his toes. Mm. But he's savvy, and um, he's, he's clever, and I think he's I think he's a tough nut. So yeah. you know you you can be guaranteed that he's going to go in there and give it his all. I think he's a dangerous opponent. Now, Ed, before I let you go, you mentioned his name a few minutes ago. It's no good smiling. Any news from Big Old? What's going on? Put us out of our misery. Tell me when he's <laughs> tell me when he's fighting again. I, I speak to him uh, all the time. Uh, still, you know, and uh, <laughs> you love it. Don't, do, you don't know, make out you don't. I, I, I was as disappointed as all boxing know, fans with, with the Hay Harrison fight. He's uh, he's in a position at the moment where he's not and will continue to not get any love from any broadcasters because valid, you know, and, and that's just the way it is. That's yep. life. He accepts that. 
So he's going to go out there, and I've told him he should go and have a few fights in America on, on a few undercards and just get a couple of wins on his career, on, on his record, and come back. You know, once he's restored even a, a minuscule of, of the credibility, then at least he can, he can, you know, start making a few noises. To be honest, the fight that I think that I'd like to see him in is, is against Tyson Fury. I think that it's a great fight. It's a fight. Fury needs a proper opponent, and I think that at domestic level, Audley is still very much a proper opponent. Ooh. You know, and I think uh, personally, I think Audley Harrison beats Tyson Fury. I think he'll have too much for him. I think he punches too hard for him, and I think he's a bit too fit for him. You know, and I think Audley Harrison is always going to have problems against fast heavyweights, uh, and Tyson Fury to me is not a real fast heavyweight. I, I rate him. I think he's a good prospect, but I think that is a fight. That that is is definitely a fight that's going to get the public interested. I think it's a great fight for Tyson Fury. I think it's a great fight for Audley Harrison. And uh, you know we'll see what happens with that. I know Tyson called him out the other day. And yeah, it's a little bit it's of fun. And Audley comes back with a little bit of banter. But, yeah, but, you know, you, but you're not going to get rid of Audley Harrison. You know, so well, pe- it, pe- people will have their own views on him. But he's he just won't lay down. You know, he won't give up and like him or hate him or whatever. He's not going to go away. So, unfortunately, for for haters, unfortunately, for people who do still like him, you're going to see him again. Uh, You know know, my my stance on that. I can't wait. Because whether you like it or not, he's entertainment. And people like him. Listen, Eddie, it's a pleasure talking to you. We'll see you up in uh, Liverpool for the next prize fight. Eddie Hearn, thanks very much. So that's Eddie Hearn there on Price Fighters New, Price Fighters Old, and Mia Khan, Paul McCloskey, and a little bit at the end on Audley Harrison. Plenty of big fights coming up. There's a big fight out there. We haven't got a date yet for it. George Groves. Oh, yes. Against James Digal. They fought as amateurs. They were from the same club. Groves got the tightest of decisions in the Northwest Divs. 18 months later, James Digal won the gold medal. Now here we are, two and a half years later, and the purse bids were in, won by a British record purse bid by Dave Caldwell, who of course works for Haymaker, who promote exclusively promote George Groves. That fight will have to be will have to happen soon. We'll have to have a date in a venue very soon. I'm told it has to take place, if I'm not mistaken, by the end of April. It is all happening with that fight. Great news for Nathan Cleverly. I'm a big fan of Nathan Cleverly. I think he's one of the best light heavyweights in the world. He is going to be fighting Jurgen Bremer. I believe it's April the 2nd at the Wembley Arena. The Wembley Arena, the old arena. It's been it's been it's been spiced up a little bit. They've stuck a fountain out the front. It's still rubbish inside, but hey, listen, don't take it personally. Uh, still a lovely venue for boxing. That's you know, don't worry, I'm not I'm not being overly critical. So Cleverly's gonna fight there, and there was a chance we were gonna get a brilliant, brilliant domestic dust up in the shape of John Murray, the European lightweight champion from Manchester against Kevin Mitchell. The fallen idol of Upton Park, who lost, of course, to Michael Katsidis in a WBO world title fight last year. But I think wisely, wisely, Jimmy Tibbs, the veteran trainer who looks after Mitchell's affairs, has decided that his man needs a little warm-up and a fight to ease him back. I completely agree with that, if you want my honest opinion. I think that makes all the sense in the world. Still no certainty about who David Hay will be fighting. We think it's going to be May 21st. We think it's going to be the 0-2. It's either going to be Ruslan Shagayev or Alexander Povetkin. Both of those are potentially 
dangerous. I think Shagayev's hard, even though he's lost, he has lost his way a little bit, and he's been not 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 that active. Povetkin is very dangerous and unbeaten Olympic gold medalist. Carl Frotch, it looks like, will share the bill. Not at the same venue. We think Carl's probably going to be in Canada in the latest stage of the Super Six against Glenn Goff Johnson, who is the veterans' veteran. And if you underestimate Glenn Goff Johnson, then you must be mad. Trust me, Carl Foch isn't mad. He's training like a maniac. Plenty of fights, plenty of action. But we're back with the prize fighter 17, March 23rd, Olympia in Liverpool. It's going to be the super middleweights too. So that's it from me, Steve Bunce, for the time being. Anyway, next time you'll hear from me on the Prizefighter podcast will be after the Liverpool showdown and before Amir Khan and Paul McCloskey get it on. So until then, adios and enjoy your